stand with me for the reading of God's Word. We're in the book of John in chapter 20, starting in verse 11. And the Bible says this, But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And as she was crying, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where Jesus' body had been lying, one at the head, the other at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Because they've taken away my Lord, she told them, and I don't know where they've put him. Having said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. Woman, Jesus said to her, why are you crying? Who is it that you are seeking? Supposing that he was the gardener, she replied, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I'll take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary, turning around, she said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher, Don't cling to me, Jesus told her, since I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. Say, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said to her. Let us pray. God, I pray today that as we look into the tomb, that we see nothing. But God, as that we open our eyes to what's actually alive around us, that we begin to see you every single place that we look, God, knowing that your spirit is alive and well, that you dwell here amongst us, that you dwell here inside of us. God, I pray that you'll open this word up to us today, God, so that we can experience you, so that we can encounter you. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen and amen. Let's just give him a shout of praise, all eight people that are in here and all those people that are watching at home. Come on. You guys may be seated. (laughs) Mary came to the tomb seeking the body of Jesus. She did not come to the tomb expecting to encounter the living Jesus. See, she was expecting to see him laying there still wrapped in claws She wasn't expecting to see him up uh, and walking around uh, fully alive. The same thing happens to some of us now. We come to church expecting to experience some Jesus that died 2,000 years ago, and we don't understand the fact that he is alive and well. And like the song says, his spirit lives within me, and I hope that his spirit lives within you. But Mary was in despair, and she couldn't see past her own sorrow. She couldn't see past her own pain. She couldn't see past her own disappointment. She couldn't see past her own self in order to see Jesus. So she's weeping, which is a natural response. I mean, this woman has lost everything that she ever, you know, had dreamed of. I I mean, Jesus set her free from seven demons set her spiritually free, changed her life forever. And she had something to put her faith in where the world had failed her over and over and over and over again. And all of a sudden, this one man comes through. All of a sudden, this one man is who he says he is. All of a sudden, this one man does what he says that he does. And then now, all of a sudden, he's gone. He's gone. He, he, he died on the cross. They all watched it happen. They believed that he was the Son of God. They believed that he was the Messiah. They put everything, all their hopes and dreams and faith in him, and now he's gone. And the only shred of him that they have left, the, the only remembrance that they have left. Now, remember, he told us to remember him in the bread and in the wine, but we were still holding on to the actual physical body. 
See, he told us to remember him, him in the bread and the wine because his body was going to be gone. But yet they wanted to grab onto this last shred of Jesus. And, and, and so she did what she could do. They, they took the spices and herbs and they went to finish preparing his body for burial. Because even though, like Vince talked about the other night, they went over and above, but she still wanted to do more because she felt like he was worthy of more. And so she gets there and the stone is rolled away. And, and see, we celebrate the fact that the stone was rolled away. We, we, we celebrate that. We sing songs about it. The stone was rolled away. And we act like that it was a thing of victory. But it was not for her. Because see, when she got there and she looked inside the tomb, the body of her Lord was gone. See, she thought that the body had been desecrated. She thought that the burial had, had been disrupted. She thought that somebody had taken his body away from the tomb that Joseph of Arimathea had given to him and disposed of it somewhere. And disposed of it somewhere. You know, some of the legends say that they tried to feed it to the dogs and stuff. Some of y'all probably heard that before. And, and, and they thought, she thought that something like that had happened. And so she peeks into the tomb and she sees these two men there. She sees an angel sitting at the foot and sitting at the head of the slab that Jesus was laying on. And she is weeping and the angels speak to her and they're like, what's, what's wrong with you? And they're not being facetious and, and they're not being aggressive with her. They're legitimately concerned. See, everything's going according to plan. They know the plan. He's told her the plan, but in our finite human mind, sometimes we just don't grasp God's plan. And so they get it. She doesn't get it yet. She looks in and she sees something amazing there. And I, and I need to take a break here and teach for a moment. So I know it's Easter Sunday and everybody's expecting me to get wild and whatnot, and then I will. But before that, I need to teach you something. And, and if you look past it too quickly, you'll miss it. But I really need you to understand that she looks into the tomb and she sees this slab where Jesus had been laying and bleeding. And, and she sees an angel at the foot. And she sees an angel at the head. And if you don't stop and see it, you'll miss it. If you don't know the Old Testament, you'll, you'll miss it. What she is seeing is the mercy seat of God. See, in the Old Testament, the mercy seat of God was where we could meet God See, in the, in the temple, there was the Holy of Holies that, that only the high priest could go into once a year. And with a blood sacrifice, he could encounter God at the mercy seat. And that's the place where we encounter the Lord. But I want to teach you today that the mercy seat has become Christ. Let me, let me just read to you from Exodus 25. This is what the Bible says in Exodus 25. It says in verse 18, And you shall make two golden cherubim of hammered work, and you shall make them at the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub at one end and one cherub at the other end. And you shall make the cherubim at the two ends of it uh, of one piece with the wings, uh, the, uh, with the mercy seat. And the cherubim shall stretch out their wings above, covering the mercy seat with their wings. And they shall face one another. The faces of the cherubim shall be toward the mercy seat. You shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark. And in the ark you shall put the testimony that I will give you. And there I will meet you. And I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, from, bet from between the two cherubim, which are on the ark of the testimony, about everything that I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. See, the mercy seat was actually the only place that you could encounter God. The only place that you can encounter God. And he says, from there is where I'm going to give you my word. 
From there is where I'm going to give you my testimony. Well, wait, church, let me tell you this. The testimony of God is the Word of God, and the Word of God is the Son of God, and the Son of God is Jesus Christ. Can somebody say amen? And so wherever he is is where we encounter God. Wherever he is is the mercy seat of the living God. It is where we can experience him. It's where we can encounter him. It's where we can meet him. It's where we can gain everything that we need to get from him. But listen, the blood of the lamb, the blood of the perfect lamb was sprinkled on the mercy seat. And so the sacrifice of all sacrifices has been made, not once, but for all time, for all time. And now we don't have to go to the temple to meet God. We don't have to go to the tabernacle to meet God. We don't have to go to the church to meet God. You know, sometimes on Easter Sunday, we preach that the veil was torn from top to bottom. So now we can get to God. Oh, no, we missed it. We missed it. The veil wasn't torn so we could get to God. The veil was torn so because now God is going to come to us. Wherever we are, in whatever situation we find ourselves in, the veil is torn and God has left the building. You see, the temple couldn't hold him and the tomb couldn't stop him. Death was not strong enough to keep him down and the temple and religion was not big enough to box him in. He's left the building because that's what our God does. That's what our God does. And Mary Magdalene, who was once filled with seven demons, comes to the mercy seat of God. Mary Magdalene, that was once filled with seven demons, approaches the presence of the living God, something that she could have never done before Jesus came. See, she wouldn't have even been allowed anywhere close to the Holy of Holies. She would have never been able to lay her eyes on anything of the most holy place. And yet now, here she is, the very first one to see him. And she turns around and she looks at him, but she doesn't see him. Do you know we can look at something and not see it? Do you know we can look at something and not see it? But see, she's looking wrong. She's looking for dead Jesus. And she can look for dead Jesus just as long as she wants to look for dead Jesus, but she'll never find dead Jesus because Jesus ain't dead. Can somebody say amen? And she can look for that body for the rest of her life, and she will never, ever, ever find it because she's looking wrong. She's looking wrong. You ever take a drink of your Coke, but it's Dr. Pepper? And for just a second, your whole brain just short circuits and you're not quite sure what happened. Or have you ever pulled into a parking spot and stopped and then the car next to you immediately backs up and you're like jamming on the brake because you know you're going to crash into the building and everything goes crazy in your mind? Well, that's because our finite minds like what we're expecting. We like to encounter what we're expecting. And when we, when we encounter something that we're not expecting, it throws us for a little bit of a loop. That's what's happening to Mary here. That's what's happening to Mary here. She sees Jesus, and she looks at Jesus, but she don't see Jesus because her finite mind can't handle the resurrected, glorified, sanctified, inspired, empowered, perfect, holy, living manifestation of God that's standing in front of her because what she's expecting is a body that was mutilated and beaten and destroyed and, and barely even resembled him. And then now here he is, and he says, woman, what is going on? What is wrong with you? Who are you seeking? And she says, 
I'm seeking my Lord. They've taken his body, and I don't know where they've put him. Well, first off, let me tell you this. Don't nobody put Jesus nowhere. Jesus goes exactly where he wants to go, and he does exactly what he wants to do. They didn't put him in the cross, and they didn't put him in the grave. He ended up exactly where he meant to end up, and you know where he wants to be right here in this story? Standing right there in the mouth of that cave, looking Mary Magdalene right in the face. She doesn't see him until he calls her by name. He calls her by name. Look, look at this. Look at this from the book of Isaiah in, in chapter 43. And the Bible says this. Now the Lord, uh, now this is what the Lord says. The one who created you, Jacob, and the one who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I've called you by name, and you are mine. I'll be with you when you pass through the waters, and when you pass through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. You will not be scorched when you walk through the fire, and the flame will not burn you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, and your Savior. He called her by name, and after she heard him, then she could see him. She heard him, and then she could see him. See, he knew that he wouldn't always look the same, and he knew that we wouldn't always be able to recognize him every time that he appeared to us, but there's one truth that stands self-evident. Jesus Christ said, my sheep will know my voice. My sheep will know my voice. And so when he calls her by name, he's letting her know that she is his, that she is his. And then she turns and she sees and she knows and she runs to him and she says rabboni which means teacher and she goes to wrap her arms around him and to cling to him and he says don't cling to me so some of your scriptures some of your bibles may say don't touch me but that's not a good translation what he said is don't cling to me and what he's trying to tell her is don't cling to me in this form don't expect me in this form I'm only here for a little while. I've still got to go. I haven't ascended to the Father yet. Don't get used to me being here with you like this because I'm coming in another form. Don't get used to me being like this because I have to go to the Father still and then I'm going to send the Spirit to come and live within you. See, there's more than what you see right here. There's more than what you could ever imagine. There's more that's going to be poured out. Don't get used to this. Don't get used to this because everything is about to change. Everything's about to change. And as a matter of fact, I don't need you clinging to me right now. I need you to be about my business right now and go tell my brothers that I'm going to go to my father and your father. I'm going to go to my God and your God. Wait. Something shifted. Something shifted. All of a sudden, it's not just my father. It's our father. All of a sudden, it's not just my God. It's our God. You see, when he calls you by name, you're part of the family. When he calls you by name, you've been adopted in, you've been grafted in, you've been added to the bloodline. When he calls you by name, you have the blood of Christ flowing through your veins. When he calls you by name, you've been accepted in. And so what I need to know today is has he called you by name? Has he called you by name? name because if he has then you got nothing else to worry about 
But if he hasn't, then that's the only thing that you need to be worried about. And so here's what she does. She does what Jesus has asked her to do. And she goes running back to the city. And I can imagine her desperation. As she goes tearing up to the the upper room or wherever they were hiding and beats on the door. And they open the door. And the first thing she says is this. I have seen the Lord. And then she tells them everything that he told her. The word she uses for Lord there is is the Greek word kurseo. And it means the one to which I belong. She said, brothers, I have seen the one to whom I belong. And the one to whom you can belong. The question is, will you meet God at the mercy seat today? And see, you don't have to go to a church. You don't have to go to a temple. You don't have to go to a tabernacle. Because God has left the building. The temple couldn't hold him and the tomb couldn't stop him. Religion wasn't big enough to contain him. And the grave wasn't powerful enough to stop him. Oh, death, where is your sting? Take heart, for I've overcome the world. And the keys to death and hell are in my hand. God has left the building. And Jesus Christ is the place where we encounter God. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And he will meet you right where you are on this Easter Sunday. I didn't give my life to the Lord in a church. You saw a testimony of I don't know how many people that did not give their life to the Lord in a church. He'll meet you right where you are. In the midst of your sorrow, your pain, or your pride. When Jesus is available to those that know they need him the most and those that think they need him the least. Will you meet him at the mercy seat today because he's calling your name. He's calling your name today. The spirit of the living God is calling to you today.